Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. I'm so glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into a message from Pastor Roger. But before we do, I want to encourage you, connect with us online. Whether that's following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, or it's subscribing to our YouTube page or this podcast, do it. We want to stay connected. And another great way you can connect with us is be our guest on a Sunday morning service. If you're here locally, come on out. We want to meet you and connect with you, worship with you. We'd really enjoy that. But without further ado, let's jump into this message from Pastor Roger. morning everybody how you doing I just want to say I, I love the presence of the Lord like I'm I, I like preaching I'm the kind of I'm a, I'm a Bible nerd so I like if I'm in my car I'm listening to the Bible on cassette or 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 I'm listening to preaching I love preaching I love good worship music but none of that replaces the presence of the Lord you know what I'm saying? Like, like, there's just something about the presence of the Lord. When he shows up, it is, things happen. Things change. And I want to invite you when, you, when you experience that, when you're in an in a environment where you recognize the presence of the Lord is here, those are times when you offer your request to the Lord. Those are times when you, when, when you whatever's on your heart, that's when you, you bring it to him. He'll show up. He'll show up. It's just a little coaching moment, all right? <clears throat> Somebody. Hey, we got baby dedications after after um, after I'm done here, but um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna try to preach for a little bit, and let's see how it goes. Um, I say try to preach a little bit because um, you know that phrase um, "you only live once." Yolo, right? Drake introduced us to that phrase. 10 years ago. It was a decade ago. Um, I'm not sure what's going on. I'm still here. It turn, it's turned into like a club, right? Like a disco club or something. Like a discotheca. But um, you only live once. And, and I, I'm one of those people that often I, I, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll just, what, what, I, I struggle with eating. Okay, I'll just say it. I'll just I'll just say it. I struggle with eating. And so, um, like, I, my problem is if there's food left on the table, um, I just feel like, like, you just need to eat that food. Like, don't, don't leave it. Like, I, I'm the one asking, like, you're going to eat your cornbread, right? Like, <clears throat> it's got to get, got to get got. Like, somebody's got to get that food. And, and last night was, was, was like uh, just about any night when, uh, if, I, if I go throughout the day, like, my problem is I don't have, like, a good healthy rhythm of eating. Anybody else like that? Like, obviously, it's, yeah, yeah, all the people that are, like, jacked and super athletic, you're like, no, like, I have this really good rhythm. Like, good for you. Um, but the rest of us don't. The rest of us don't. Um, stop bragging. And <laughs> so um, it, was, it was, like, uh, super late at night, and I was, um, uh, here we go again. It's going to, yeah, I don't know what's going on, but that's okay. Someone knows. But, but here's the deal. Um, uh, I, I, late at night, I was like, I, I, I haven't eaten all day. 
and I'm going to eat something. And so I, I did what any wise man does. I, I pick up a plate and uh, I pick up a good healthy snack, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like a healthy, a healthy taquito. Um, the, nice thing, the nice thing is these, these dudes are fun for everybody. They're great for the kids because the kids can eat them anytime, right? If this is in the fridge, your kids won't starve. That's good. Um, the other good thing is you can load up an entire plate of these things, and it looks like you're trying to feed the family, <laughs> right? You just, you just fill up a plate full of taquitos, and, uh, and it always it seems like, well, they're not all going to fit on the plate, but let me show you a trick. Um, you don't actually have to, if you do like a few in one direction and a few in a different direction... And then a few in another direction, and so it kind of makes like this uh, Columbia-type symbol, like the brand Columbia. Uh, what happens is the Lord's favor shines <laughs> on you, somebody. And uh, look at that. Boom. It's all there. And uh, this, this is exactly what I did last night at about 11 o'clock at night. And, <laughs> and, you know, you can't just do You throw it in the microwave, and you really don't read the box. You just, like, hit the button until it's warm enough. And then you eat the ones on the outside, and the ones in the middle are still frozen. So you eat the ones on the outside while you're reheating it. You, you, that's what, and, uh, <clears throat> of course, I couldn't go without this stuff. If you have not discovered this right here, this is amazing. And this is, this is the will of the Lord for somebody to know this. This is uh, spicy taco sauce from Trader Joe's. Now, I tend to think buying things at Trader Joe's is a little pretentious, but the, the truth is, like, I really love this. Uh, I love this a lot. This stuff is amazing. And so I was dousing this last night uh, with this taco sauce, and I was eating these. And uh, at about 1 in the morning, I followed it up with, uh, you know, you just got to, sometimes you got to have a, a good, like, you know, like a, like a chaser for your good meal. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have, have something in there and... Uh, yeah, but one in the morning, I was like, oh, this is, not, uh, this is not as good of an idea as I thought it was. Like, I thought it was a, thought it was a good idea, wasn't a good <laughs> idea, right? Because um, here's the deal. Often, we go through life thinking, like, we only live once. Like, you got one shot at this thing. What I do now is, is really important. Like, give it my all now. Don't think about the consequences later. And so I ate way too many of these things last night, and by about one in the morning, I realized that there were implications <laughs> of eating spicy food and cheap tacos at night. Let me say this, if you're going to be successful in life, it's not going to be because you get everything that you can get as quick as you can get it. Um, in fact, if you're going to be successful in this life, it's going to be because you recognize that there is more to this life than this life. There's more to this life than this moment. So myself, I, I, I'm just thinking like, I'm hungry now, but I wasn't thinking about my stomach talking to me later. And the truth is that this life is not all there is. And you should live life to the full. And you should go, go as, as, as 
hard as you can towards whatever God has called you to do, but you've also got to recognize that there is more to this life than this life. There's more to life than the college that your kids attend. There's more to life than the sport uh, that they drag you around to every single day of the week. There's more to life than the career that you apply yourself to. In fact, there's more to life than the business that your family runs. And you won't be fully successful in this life until you realize that there's more to this life than this life. There's more to life than just this life. First thing I want to say is this, that you are just passing through. You're just passing through. This, This world is actually not your home. This is Maybe a new concept for somebody, but I want you to know this is a fundamental belief among Christians that this world is actually not our home. That we're just pilgrims in a weary land, that we're, we're really moving beyond this place. We're just pilgrims passing through. And some of us that's how we, we treat our church life, right? Like, we're just pilgrims passing through. Like, <laughs> this church to this church to this, just pilgrims passing through. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that this entire life is your pilgrimage towards a land whose builder and maker is God. We used to sing a, a song growing up. It said, oh, Lord, you know. I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. I feel like somebody out here knew that song and left me hanging. Lord, convict somebody for leaving me hanging on that song. The truth is you're just passing through this life. Like the goal of your life is not to have the most toys, the nicest car, the biggest house. In fact, the goal of your life isn't to leave the most money to your children. There's a bigger goal than that. I would say this. In fact, you are blessed in this life to be a blessing because this world is not your home. God has a direction. He has a destination for you. Philippians chapter 3, verse 18 says it like this. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and their glory is their shame. With minds set on earthly things. He's saying there's a lot of people whose minds are set on the earthly things. There's a lot of people whose, whose God is their belly, somebody. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. What I'm saying is is you've got a passport, and your passport is stamped planet Earth. Your passport is stamped United States of America, but your citizenship is in heaven. Where you belong is next to the King of Kings 
and the Lord of Lords. That's your real home. The scripture tells us that, that once it is appointed for a man to die, that there's, there's going to come a time in every one of our lives. I'm going to encourage you right now. There's going to come a time in your life when you pass from this life to the next. You don't get out of that one. The church doesn't pray and intercede enough for that one. Everyone has an appointment with God. For some of us, it'll be sooner. For others of us, it'll be later. For some of us, it will be a beautiful thing. For others, it might be a tragic thing. But the truth is, is that every single one of us, we're going to another place. We're going beyond this life. In fact, as a pastor, that's actually my job description. My job description really isn't to, to come in and preach pretty messages. That's not it. My, just, my job description is to prepare people for a good death. To, to get people ready so that when they cross that, uh, that, that threshold into the other life, that they would be prepared, that their heart would be right, that they would recognize their priorities, that they would see their God not as a, a, a judge standing on a throne, but as a father with embracing arms. Like, so they wouldn't be standing in heaven's, heaven's line, right? Like, I don't know how it works. Maybe, maybe it's like the DMV, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, A32, like, no, that's a, and you're like an A793. It's like, ah! Like, I don't know what it is, but, but, but my, my job isn't, isn't, isn't just to get you there. My, my job is so that you wouldn't be sitting there looking at your numbers, sweating bullets, my job is so that you'd be like, hey, 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 I'm over, I'm over here. I'm out, like, whoop, like just getting out of line. Like, hey, I'm here. I made it. I'm here. I'm just telling somebody that you, you've got more in store for you than you'll experience in this life. And it's good. It's really good. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 14 says, for, for people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. And Hebrews 11 is what we call the, the hall of faith. It's kind of like the, the hall of fame in baseball, but in, we, we made it cute and we call it the hall of faith. Basically what happens is the writer of Hebrews lists great people of faith in the Old Testament and what they did, what they accomplished through faith. And then he says this about all these people that did great things for God. Um, it... it um, for people who speak thus make clear that they are seeking a homeland. Every one of them that doing great things, son, asunder, all these things, they were, they were seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they, are, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them city. I'm telling somebody today, you may struggle with depression, and you may say, like, is this all there is? I'm telling you, you serve a God that thinks about you, and, and you, you're around people that need you, but God has great hopes and great plans for you. It says this, it says, therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. 
because they recognize where their home is. They recognize that this is not our home, that so many of us plant our feet like, like I'm American. Right? We, we plant our feet even in our politics. I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. Whatever, whatever, you, like, uh, whatever you plant your feet in politically, that's fine. You, you do that. You do what you do. But I'm telling you, that is not your home. Your political persuasion is not the answer to all the crisis in the world. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is. I just don't think the American church believes it, but, but here's, here's a strong conviction that I have, and it's this, is that the local church through Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. I'm saying I don't believe that like getting the right people into politics is the hope of the world. I don't think passing the right legislation is the hope of the world. I believe the local church activated through Jesus Christ is the answer that everybody's looking for. And we recognize that, that this, this world is not our home. There's, there's more to life than this. The, the next thing I want you to know is this, is, is that your time on earth is short. I offended you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. We're good. My time on earth is short. Turn to your neighbor and say, my time on earth is short. Isn't it crazy how when you're when you're a child, it's it's as though it's as though you, you time like time speeds up the older you get. When you're a kid, a week at school seemed like an eternity, didn't it? You thought in terms of hours, like just waiting for this test to be done. Just you could hear the clock in the gymnasium click, click, click. And then when you get older, you, you, you get into older grades, and they start thinking in terms of days, like what I'm going to do at the end of today. Like today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home, and I'm going to go, for me, it was like I'm going to strap on my snowboard, and I'm going to go do, do tricks on, on a kicker somewhere. Like, that, like what, you start thinking in terms of days, and then you get older, and you think like, what, what could I accomplish in a week? You, you know, you get into college and you start planning out your, your life in terms of semesters, three, three months at a time, starting to think really big. And, and the older you get, you, it's weird because you stop thinking in terms of days. You stop thinking in terms of weeks. You start thinking in terms of, like, years. Like, in, like we're going through COVID and everybody's losing their mind. And I'm sitting here thinking, hey, <clears throat> like... In, 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 in about a year, two years, it, we're going to be all right. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like your world may be crazy right now, but like, like in, in, in about three years, all of this is going to be like completely normalized and just absorbed into society. And like, we're, it's going to be normal. We're going to be going ahead for, just fine. Like, and then you think in terms of decades, like, like I'm in my 40s. I'm thinking like I, I need to get some stuff done before I'm 50. And then when, when I'm 50, I want to be able to be able to do some things when I'm 60. Like I, we start thinking long. Because, because the truth is, is time is relative to the observer. Like, like the longer you live, the more you realize it's, it's gone. It's, it's vanishing. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't stick around. James chapter 4 verse 14 says, you do not know what happens tomorrow, what will happen tomorrow, what tomorrow will bring, what is your life, for you are a mist that appears for a while 
and then vanishes. You're a mist that appears for a little time. I just want to encourage somebody. Say, you're a mist. <laughs> it just appears for a moment and it's gone. When, when we were in Disneyland this year, we, we, we got this bad boy right here. It was a gazillion degrees. And we got this, and my wife has the, the life hack of all life hacks, and it is you always put mint oil in these things, right? It's amazing. If you aren't expecting it, it burns your eyes. <laughs> and we'd be standing in line with all these people, and it's just sweating and sweating. And you do most of your time standing in line and blow the... And it's gone. That's our lives. According to scripture, that's, that's your life. Anybody, anybody? I, I, I'm saying like, like you really have a short period of time to experience this beautiful gift we have called life. Don't take it for granted. Don't think that the mist is all it's about. The truth is, is that God has great purposes for your life. And so many of us American Christians, we, we get so contented in life that we miss the greatest point of being in the mist. And the greatest point of being in the mist is to have a Holy Spirit directive in our life, to have a God-given ambition in our life, to, to have purpose that motivates us towards what is to come, like to really change the world, to, to use our mist to leverage it for the glory of God. That's the greatest ambition in life, is, is to truly give God glory through our lives, just one vapor at a time, because we are truly vapors. Another place that says it like this, that the, the, the flowers fade and the grass withers. doesn't matter how flowery your life is, how amazing your life is. The, the truth is, it's just a flower. It's just like the grass. It just looks a little prettier, but at the end of the summer, it goes away just like the grass. The, your life has to be founded on something bigger than the flower you've blossomed into. Psalm 90 verse 12 says it like this. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Let us count our days. Let us, let us recognize that, that, that we have a moment to make an impact here. Like, like, like we just have, have a fraction of a, of a moment to, to really leave a stamp on earth, that, leaving it for the King of Kings and, and for the Lord of Lords. And, and I just want to encourage somebody today, if your life is a vapor, why, why don't you, instead of spending it on yourself, instead of seeing how much you can accumulate, why not see what you could do King of Kings. Like spend time on yourself. Yes, you, you need to spend time on yourself and you need to spend time on other people. But what would happen if you also spent time on God? Like, like imagine like, like life was like an iPhone, right? Like you, you could pick it up and you can, you can get in there and see how much time you're spending on each app. You know what I'm saying? It's like Netflix, you know, like whatever, you know, Instagram. 70 days. Wouldn't that be terrible? You get to have It's just like Instagram, 123 days. You're like, oh, no, this is not going to be a good conversation. 
just imagine, like, and, and, and I don't think God is, is that kind of a judgmental God, but, but imagine he actually had, had his admin like build a pie, a pie chart of your life. How much of your life are you using pushing his agenda forward? I would say it like this. Another thing is, is, is I need to make the most of every opportunity. We've got to make the most of everything. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 says it like this. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. My mama was right. This world is going to hell in a handbasket. And it's your job. And it's my job to walk wisely, making use of every moment. Making best use of the time. I just think so many of us, we, we just blur through our days. It's like we're reading a book, but, you, but we've been reading so long that it's, it's like the words just kind of blur together. And, and you, you find yourself just reading the same paragraph over and over again. Just me. So many of us, we're just, we've been doing the same thing for so long that we're just, we're dazed out. And when people call our attention, we're like, I, I'm, I'm here, I'm present. And the teacher says, well, what, what was it talking about? I got, I'm here, I'm in class. And I'm saying, Let, let's make the most of every opportunity that God puts in front of us, church. Amen. Like, like it, it, instead of being just blurred to life, just numb to life, what would happen if you truly said, God, I just want to maximize today, like... So many of us, well, God, I, God, I feel like God called me to the ministry years ago, but, but he never gave me a microphone, so he must not have meant it. Imagine what would happen if you got rid of that crazy mentality that says you need a microphone. When you get a microphone, everybody uses your words against you. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I say wrong stuff all the time, and people will be like, you know you said. I'm like, that's because I had a microphone. If I didn't have it, you wouldn't have heard me mispronounce that word. But what would happen if you said, like, God called me to be a minister. I, I know he called me to be a minister. So, God, today, like, God, I pray that you would just give me, give me a vision into somebody else's life. Give me words to speak to somebody else that I can lift them up and direct them towards you. And maybe I can encourage somebody or someone that's got a hint of discouragement in their life that I, I can just come along and throw my arm around their shoulder and speak life into their ear. Maybe you could find someone that's in need and God's blessed you with some resources. And so maybe you could, you could come alongside them and help them get through this difficult life just a little bit better. Like that might be an accurate, an accurate depiction of a minister like like, what if, what if you could walk up to somebody at work and just say, I just feel that there's something, inside, there's something inside of you right now that you're just desiring so much more out of life, and I have an answer for you. Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody, and, and it feels as though the conversation is ending, but you feel as though your soul is saying there's something more to say right now, and you don't know what to say? Maybe I'm the only one, but, but I, I, feel like, I feel like I'm supposed to say something to you, right? I feel like there's something going on in the heavenlies right now. And I'm just saying, why don't you maximize those moments and just say, can we stop for a second and listen to the voice of God? 
Like he speaks to his children. What if God was wanting in that moment to use your voice to speak life into a single mother? What if God was wanting to use your voice to, to deter somebody who's about to commit suicide or someone who's about to give up hope? I'm saying maximize those moments. Because success is not found in what you accumulate. It's found in what you can do with what God has put in your hand. Success is found when you simply use what God has put in your hand so that he gets the glory. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13 says it like this. Each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test, say the fire will test, fire will test. what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer a loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. He's saying you're, you're not going to be condemned to hell because... You chose not to leverage your life for God. That's not what he's saying. He says you'll still, be, you'll still be saved. You'll still be saved. But you're going to suffer loss because you put all of your investment in earthly things. So what should the response be? I think the response is this. Go through life. Look into Jesus. Don't look around. Stop looking at everybody else around you. Start looking towards Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says it like this. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen, we're going to endure hard times. You're going to endure frustrated times. It doesn't matter how successful you get in life. We all experience difficulty. But get your eyes off of the difficulty and get your eyes onto Jesus Christ. He's the, another translation says, the author and the finisher. He starts the book of our life and he ends the book of our life. So get your eyes on the author of your life. Get your eyes off of, you're not going to like me for this, whether we should or shouldn't vaccinate. Get your eyes off of what this politician did or didn't say. Get your eyes on Jesus Christ alone. I'm going to help a wife right now. Husband, when you come home from work, get your ears off of AM radio. No, pastor, they're the only ones telling the truth. No, you're coming home angry. You're coming home frustrated, and your wife knows it, but you're so unapproachable she can't say it. Get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes on the throne of grace. 
He is the hope of the world. I'm preaching today. Let me say this. Give up something now for something you want later. When we talk about sacrifice, I, I think we often think sacrifice means give up something I love for something I hate. That's not what it means. It means give up something now for something you want in the future. Like you want, you want that beach body? Then you're going to have to sacrifice. <laughs> he said I have to sacrifice. You're going to have to sacrifice. It doesn't mean you can't have taquitos. It just means don't have so many taquitos. You can still enjoy them. Just, just be willing to give up something you want for something you want in the future. Like, like, like you want to retire later in life. So what that means is you're going to have to give up a little of the lifestyle you, you could have now so you can experience something you want in the future. Young people, you want to have a marriage filled with trust. That means you're going to have to give up some things now so you can experience what you want in the future. I think we all know that this is like, I'm talking about delayed gratification. But what I'm saying is delayed gratification in the sense of now versus eternity. Matthew Chapter 6, verse 19 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What does that mean? That means... Maybe we, sh we can give it intentionally, church. Yeah. We can be intentional by giving intentionally. We, uh, I was thinking about our kids' ministry. We've got a fantastic kids' ministry. But don't just, don't just delegate, like, the discipleship of your kids off to somebody else. Like, roll up your sleeves and come along. We've got some amazing kids. Roll up your sleeves and come alongside them. I bet you'll learn how to disciple your kids by being around the Crosleys. Yeah, come on. Okay. You'll, you'll learn. Like, 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 I'm saying if you, if you leverage your life, this is why serving is so important. It is us saying, I could be at home eating Ben and Jerry's. But instead... I'm going to leverage my life for someone else's eternal impact. It makes all the difference in the world. I would encourage you, serve, get involved. Give intentionally. This is, somebody's going to be like, oh, he got you. No, not got you. I've been saying it for a month, so a couple months. We're doing a big give November 14th. We're doing a, a legacy offering. And, and God, has, God has blessed us with this beautiful building. And um, in a couple weeks, you're going to see the whole kids area here go away because we're going to start doubling out the kids space so that we can have 
the groups of kids are smaller, more manageable bite sizes. <laughs> he ain't lying. But then we've also got other plans to, to even increase the amount of space that's in here because, like, we just, we, we, these are different chairs. We added 100 chairs and it already feels full. And so, so we're going to be expanding. And, and when, we, when we expand, that, that's going to that's gonna cost money. And so I, I would encourage you to, like, pray and seek the Lord. What would it look like for you to be a part of giving towards this big offering we're going to do on November 14th? I'd want you to pray. Get, get along with anybody you need to be able to make a financial decision and pray. What does it look like for us to do this, to give our best? Prepare. I don't want you making unwise decisions. And then I want you to give. If, if you're like, actually, Pastor, I'm, I'm a guest, and it's really weird that you're asking me to give. If you're a guest, this is not for you. But if this is your home church... I'm asking you to give. In, in fact, I'll take it a step further. I'll say it like this. <clears throat> not everybody, Jesus says, like, not everybody who calls me Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom, right? But not everybody who, who wants to, to give in the offering is actually able to give in the offering. What do you mean, Pastor? You, <laughs> you said you want money. Why would you limit it? I'm not limiting it. But the truth is there's like some, some biblical concepts when it comes to money. Here's one of them in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. It says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. This is the Lord. There may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour out for you a blessing until there is no more need. And right here, people always put up their hackles and they start quoting YouTube preachers and um, here's the deal. There is New Testament precedent for this as well, but the, the point of it is, the point of it is, that he, he wants the full tithe in the house. In fact, offering goes above and beyond. Like when we say tithe and offering, they're two different things. Tithe is, biblically, the, the word literally means tenth, tenth like 10%. We tithe, and then anything above and beyond that is what we call an offering. And, and that's the way God designed his church to be funded. That's, that's the, somebody would say, oh, that, that was like equivalent of Old Testament tax. No, the equivalent of Old Testament tax added for like 40%. That's different. The house of the Lord was, was 10. And, and I think even when it comes to tithing, a, a lot of us confuse it, Right? Because what we say is like, oh, like, as long as I'm giving away a percentage, like a, maybe I'll do 10%, but what I do is I'll do like 2% to this local organization, do like 3% to some guy that's making hats for kids in Africa, and then, and then I'll do like 5% to the church, and that's a tithe. It equals 10%, but it's not a tithe. The, the Lord says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. Somebody might say like this, like, uh, I, I'm going to start my own nonprofit, and so what I'll, do, I'll start my own nonprofit, and then I give to my nonprofit, and then I can make sure it's going to really good places. And, and I would just respond by saying, um, that's not the same thing as a tithe. 
It's not the same thing as tithe. That's controlling. Or somebody might be saying like, I'll tithe when the Lord blesses me. No, you won't. No, you won't. Like, I'll give when the Lord gives to me first. No, he's already given to you. You're wearing clothes today. Right? The point isn't that you give a lot. The point is that you reciprocate to him from what he's already given you. In fact, how can, he, how can he trust you with more if you're not willing to, to trust him with the little? And so to some people, I would say, when we're talking about this big giving offering, my, my challenge to you really isn't even to give in the big offering. My challenge is become a tither. Go home and have a conversation with your spouse and say, you know what? We're going to try it. We're going to try it. And for some of you that are, that are already tithers and, and, and are wanting to give towards this, this offering, I, I would say this. Here, here's my challenge. Give sacrificially. That doesn't mean give up something I love for something I hate. It means I, I'm going to defer some, some of my investment to the future. Like, like we, we do all these investments based on ROI, return on investment, like how much it's going to give back to me. Why not considering like an eternal return on investment? Like, Lord, I, I'm going to sacrifice for something. I may not see the reward of it in this lifetime, which I promise you, you will. But, 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 but Lord, when I get to heaven, uh, there's going to be a moment where all the other stuff in my life burns away. But there's going to be some things in my life that are unable to burn away because they had an eternal foundation. So I'll pray about it. And I don't know about you, I'm just speaking for myself. Often when I think about like sacrificial giving, the first number I come up with is usually just me. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, I can do this. <laughs> and the Lord's like, no, you can't. It's going to be different. And um, I'm just going to encourage you today. Let's invest our lives in something deeper than now. As the band would come. Is that all right? Can you stand with me? Preacher, I thought you were going to preach. And then you talked about money. Well, Jesus talked about our money a lot because the scripture says where our money is, that's where our heart is. That's where our heart is. That's why you went to that counselor and you're like, hey, I want the free counseling. The counselor said, no, you're getting the paid counseling. Because when you got the free counseling, you never listened to them. But when you paid for it, you listened. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get the free dentist and they're telling you to brush your teeth. They're like, okay. But when mom and dad pays 800 bucks, you're going to brush your teeth. Because you're going to listen. Because where your money is, it's where your heart is. All across the room, would you just you know, just lift your hands in a receiving posture? Lord, we thank you for the blessings that are in our life. In fact, Lord, we say we truly are blessed. We live wonderful lives. We recognize that your face shines on us. Lord, it's hard for us to say it, but 
all of us in this room, we're in the top 1% of the world. We're blessed. So Lord, right now we, we say to you, God, whatever you want in our lives, if it's our time, if it's our abilities, if it's our treasure, Lord, it's all yours. Because our lives are vapors. We're not living for today. And we're not living for tomorrow. We're living for a land whose builder and maker is God. So God, I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice, that their vision, that their perspective would shift. Not looking out 20 years down the road, but they'd be looking towards eternity. That even the the choices we make in raising our children would be centered around the question of what impact will this have in eternity? That even our financial decisions are resting on the question of what impact will this have on eternity? That even in the conversations we have, say what impact might this have on eternity? We love you, Lord. I pray your blessings on our people, on these incredible people, Lord that you would bless them, that you'd encourage them, that you'd strengthen them. And we would get our eyes off of today. In Jesus' name. Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church to find out more. Well, we love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.